And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and this episode of Wrap It Up is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue in the east end of Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. So go see Skip and the crew, and as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call 416-917-4833 to book your appointments now. Wrap it up, fans. What is really good? How are we doing on this Saturday? No, today's Friday. I don't know the days of the week, kids. And apparently, maybe the Raptors didn't as well. But it was a tough loss, but we're still here. We're still doing what we do here on this, the Wrap It Up podcast. We're here to provide you, you know, with some comfort, with some some love, you know, as the Raptors lose. But it's not all bad news for Toronto. You know, I'm not, I can't lie to you guys. I'm not too mad because I also had the Leaf game up at the same time. So there was lots going on. But in terms of the Toronto Raptors, which is why you are here listening to this, the Wrap It Up podcast. And trust me, I dearly, dearly, dearly do appreciate all of you for tuning into this the wrap it up podcast your only live and interactive toronto raptors post game show as always as i mentioned my name is Sheldon alexander and you can find this podcast you can find it live on twitter you can find it live on <laughs> you can find it live on twitter you can find it live on instagram you can find it live on facebook you can find it live on youtube We are everywhere live, and in case you don't get this podcast live after each and every Raptors game, we got you covered as it ends up on Apple, it ends up on Spotify, ends up on SoundCloud, either way if you're a Raptors fan, all you gotta do is look and like and subscribe to the On Blast Podcast Network, this show again is called Wrap It Up, and normally we might be in a better mood, right? Normally, we might be in a better mood because your Toronto Raptors came into this game looking really good. They had come in winners of seven in a row. Your man's Kyle Lowry overall was averaging 25 points per game over that seven-game win streak for the Raps. Even in the bubble life, your Toronto Raptors were cooking and they were 3-0 in the bubble. They had some pretty good wins. They looked really good. And this was a game that if I'm going to big up the Lakers win, we got to come in with the same energy into this game as well. And if you follow the pod, you know I call these big boy games. This was a big boy game against the Boston Celtics. And one team showed up, the other team did not. And unfortunately for Raptors fans, the team that did not show up was your Toronto Raptors as they fall 122 to 100 again. 122 to 100 the Raptors get blown out and people who follow this team correct me if I'm wrong but you don't really see that too often from the Raptors right it's not often that we see the Raptors get blown out so it's a weird thing to see first off but also when you think about it it's also one of those things where you don't want to overreact because it is just one game it's you're dealing with a lot of different things in the bubble. You're playing every other night. This game was a late game, one of the last games of the night as well. So you're playing at all these different times. And I'm not making excuses for the Raptors because at the end of the day, they just didn't show up. 
And the Celtics did. It was really just that simple. And it was right out the gate. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. The Celtics came out hot. The Raptors did not. Raptors started the game 0 for 5, right? Mark Gasol hits a pretty nice shot, but after that, the Raptors still go 1 of 10 to start the game. And it was a 12-2 run for the Boston Celtics. And it was pretty much not looking good early at all. The Raps make a little bit of a run. Pascal hits a three. Kyle laying in transition. Fred and Kyle were having trouble, you could see, because one of the things as we go forward into this matchup, a matchup that could be a playoff preview, if you're thinking of down the road, right? One thing to think about is the matchups. And I talked about it on the last pod in terms of how would Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown match up against, you would think, Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi. And it was super interesting. And we know, we mentioned this with the Heat. The same thing, I think, still applies in this game. All these coaches are really, really good. You're talking about Spo, you're talking about Brad Stevens, and you're talking, obviously, about Nick Nurse. They know that they could meet up with each other in the playoffs. So they're not going to throw out the full playbook in this game. In this, you know, bubble restart, eight-game mini regular season wrap-up or whatever you want to call it, right? They're not going to show everything. So I found it interesting to kind of see, okay, Tatum was guarding Lowry. Lowry was guarding Tatum. Is that really what we're going to see for seven games if this playoff matchup is what we think it's going to be? I don't know. I found that really weird. But either way, the Celtics seemed unaffected as they were... Both teams early were missing a lot of shots, but the Raptors' offense just continued to struggle. Well, at least the Celtics figured out that they were going to get into the paint. And after the first quarter, Celtics were only up seven, right? Raptors struggled, but Norm got a couple baskets at the end of the first quarter to make it at least respectable at 21-14. to 14. Now, the Raps scoring 14 points in the first quarter is atrocious, but it was still closer than it probably should have been. As mentioned, the Celtics with 21 points in that first quarter, and 12 of those points came in the paint. Meanwhile, when you're talking paint touches, that's showing aggression, right? You're going to the basket. You're trying to get buckets. You're trying to take it to the other team. Meanwhile, your Toronto Raptors had zero free throw attempts in that first quarter. They weren't aggressive at all. They shot just 26% from the floor, started out 2 of 10 from 3, and you're just not going to win a lot of games against good teams when you're shooting that poorly. It's just not going to happen. And there are a couple of points where the Raptors made a couple pushes, right? They tried to make a push here and there, but even early in the second quarter, they started out 2 of 15 from 3. And it just didn't look good at all. It was an ugly, ugly, ugly game. And I'm going to get to the comments in a bit, but I want to ask Raptors fans this question. Are you worried by this loss or do you just brush it off? That's the question I'm going to ask you guys. And that's where we're going to read the comments later on in the podcast. But for now, that's what I want to know from you guys. And then I'll give my, what I'm taking away from this blowout loss by the the Raptors at the hands of the Celtics. So again, second quarter Raptors just getting dominated. It wasn't good at all. And down at the half 52 to 37, Raptors shot just 33% from the floor and 3 of 19 from 3. That, my friends, is super, super ugly. And you're not going to beat, you would struggle to beat uh, the Wizards shooting that poorly. 
And the Raptors' defense was okay. I mean, it, it was okay. But the Celtics just started raining threes. And once the threes started falling, it was Jason Tatum. It was uh, Kemba Walker. It was Jalen Brown. Those guys just started shooting, everything moving. But that was maybe later on. Early on, it was Thais, their big guy. He was stepping out with confidence and knocking down threes. And he, in fact, in this game, went to a four from three-point land. Jalen Brown, he was the high scorer in the entire game with 20 points. But he was four of eight from beyond in the arc. And when you're getting that kind of shooting production from a team that likes to space it out, they could put five guys on the perimeter if you're talking about Dice also knocking down threes. Now, if you're getting that shooting from Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, then adding Gordon Hayward, who is a threat from three-point land despite not making many shots in this game, but at the end of the day, you're talking five shooters on the perimeter. What does that do? That opens up the paint touches as well. And that just opens up the entire offense. And now as the Raptors, you're guessing. What do you do? You want to run out and contest and run them off the line. But when the Celtics offense is flowing as it was tonight at certain points, you're talking guys up faking, they're driving, they're getting into the lane, and then they're kicking out and finding the open guy for three. And if you're the Raptors and you're down big, you're going to exude a lot of energy just on defense, chasing them around. But then now you got to come up with that energy to get buckets and get back into the game. And they just didn't have it. And that's going to be somewhat of, you know, the negative aspect of this bubble life where there's not much rest in between games. The Raptors just finished right now. And then they play Sunday afternoon. Then they play Monday night. So either way, you got to figure things out and, and get used to it and deal with it because everyone's dealing with the tough schedule. And in the playoffs, it's going to be the same thing. So get used to it now, and you might have games like this where it's just a stinker. They had no legs. They're just missing shots, and I'd rarely seen the Raptors miss shots like that. But it's, it's super interesting on the other note because we talked a lot with Webster. Check out the Ball on Blast pod. We put that out yesterday, or actually early this morning. And on that, we were talking about why we think Kyle Lowry is the Raptors' best player, the, the best player on the Raptors. The reason is the Raptors are going to go as far as Kyle Lowry takes them. And that's not necessarily just scoring, but that's just him setting the tone. That's him setting the tempo for the entire team. And on a night like this, when he didn't really have it going, just 11 points, 3 of 6 from the floor, 0 of 3 from 3, when he doesn't really go have it going and he's not filling up the stat sheet like we're used to seeing, even if it's steals, assists, rebounds, the Raptors are going to struggle. That's just the reality of it. This team is going to go as far as Kyle Lowry takes them. And if Kyle Lowry doesn't have it, it's not really going to matter what Pascal and Fred do. And let's be honest, it wasn't much in this game. It's just not going to look good. And there are going to be games like this. When you think of the matchup with the Boston Celtics, this is very key because this is going to be, you know, for talking about looking at further playoff matchups, like the second round here, this is something to really think about. These two teams are very similar in the sense of, you know, the Raps can play big in terms of if they play Surge and Gasol at the same time, but they don't really do that too often. When Mark Gasol's in the lineup, He's mostly playing the perimeter, setting screens. He'll step out and knock down a three. If you look at how the Boston Celtics play, it's kind of the same way. So now it comes down to your personnel. 
And if you look at the personnel of the four wings that the Celtics are able to put out there, and if Kemba's healthy, and if Jason Tatum is taking the leap, like we're being told Jason Tatum is taking the leap, you have Jalen Brown, who looked really, really good in tonight's game as well. That's a worrisome sign for the Toronto Raptors. And you look at the scoring attack from the Celtics, Tatum with 18. You had Kemba with 17. Jalen Brown with 20. They have, Those three guys averaged 20 points per game. That's a balanced scoring attack. So if you look at how these two teams match up, you cannot have games if you're the Toronto Raptors where Kyle Lowry doesn't bring it. You can't have games where Pascal Siakam goes 5 for 15 from the floor for 11 points. That doesn't cut it. It just doesn't. And Fred Van Fleet, hey, if we're bigging him up talking about the bag after good games, when my guy goes 4 of 14, 1 of 6 from 3, these are the games you can't have. You can't have these games against the Boston Celtics. This, And I know that you don't want to overreact because I didn't overreact when they beat the Lakers. I didn't overreact when they beat the Heat. So I'm not going to overreact here. But what I'm going to say is pay attention to the matchups. The matchups are so key because it means the question I've been asking from the start of the season, can the Raptors start Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet against every single team? And if one of those guys is guarding Kemba, that means another one of those guys has to guard either Gordon Hayward, which probably is a better matchup. But we saw a lot of Lowry on Tatum. And I don't know how much you really want to do that if you're the Toronto Raptors, but that's what we saw tonight. So I don't really like that matchup. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's a good look for the Raps, but hey, here we are. They lose a tough one. And you know Nick Nurse by now, right? Nick Nurse is going to take this game. He's going to go back. He's going to watch film. He's going to see what went wrong. And he's going to get back in the lab and figure it out. That's what we know. We've come to know from Nick Nurse and is definitely not going to change now, right? So you look at that and you say the Toronto Raptors need to go back and figure out just what went wrong in this game because the matchups are going to be everything when you get this coming come playoff time it's just going to be everything because even when the raptors made their run okay as mentioned down 52 37 at the half horrible first half shooting for the raps they came out of the gate in the third quarter feeling themselves they were feeling good right they came out they hit a couple shots, Pascal in the post, Gasol hit with some post moves, you had Kyle getting in the lane, Fred Van Fleet lay in, and all of a sudden, boom, 10-point game, timeout Boston. And this is where it's the chess moves, right? It's the chess, it's the chess boards out there between the two coaches. You get the timeout from Brad Stevens, the Celtics come right out of that timeout with an 8-0 run. Calm and cool, you saw Jason Tatum, you saw the glimpses of what makes people think Jason Tatum is ready to take the next leap into being the next superstar in the NBA. Not the next superstar, but a next superstar in the NBA. You saw that from Tatum. The way that he was able to score effortlessly, he just, whether it was going to the basket and pulling up and hitting floaters mid-range, whether it was shooting difficult threes, there was a play where it was Chris Boucher. Boucher checked in the game. Of course, Boucher hits a three because that's the energy that Chris Boucher brings. But Tatum comes right back down the floor. Boucher played great defense. Hand up in his face, contested, and it didn't matter. As Mark Jackson famously always says, sometimes good offense just beats good defense. And nothing Boucher could do there. 
Not much the Raps could do to stop Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown on this night because at that point, in that third quarter, the Celtics started off 8-for-12 in that third quarter. Raptors were down by as many as 21 early, and of course, they lost by 22. So that basically was a game. Tatum started out 7-of-12 from the floor, and what does that tell you when you look deeper into the stat line? So he finishes, again, he started 7-of-12, right? Finishes 7-of-14, but he was 2-of-7 from 3. That tells me everything else. He was calm and cool in the lane. Everything was going well for him. Everything came sort of easy. And if you tell me that Kemba only played 23 minutes on a bum leg, that we know Kemba's still coming back from injury, Tatum only played 28 minutes, Jalen Brown only played 32 minutes, and you get a blowout win against a division rival, it's a good look for the Celtics. And on the Raptors' point of view, hey, for looking for silver linings here, Kyle only played 28 minutes. Freddie only played 31. Pascal only played 28. Because, again, another battle in this bubble is going to be rest. Raptors get Memphis, who's a scrappy team, even with or without whoever's in the lineup. They're a scrappy team. Actually, the JV return game. That'll be kind of interesting. But... Either way, you play them Sunday afternoon, and then, as mentioned, you get Giannis and the Bucks on Monday. And that game, to me, kids, <laughs> I'm interested to see that game, because what do you do? How much do you show? Do you show out the full arsenal? Do you pretend as if, you know, because it's not going to help the seating. It does nothing for the seating for the Bucks. So what do you do? I'm interested to see how that plays out. But let's get to some comments here because I want to hear from the fan base. I asked a question. I wanted to know what you guys are feeling right now as the Toronto Raptors lose a big game. And hey, it's not just called a big boy game when the Raptors win. If they lose a big boy game, I'm still going to call that out the exact same way. So here we are. I'm going to go to YouTube first and get some comments there. And... Owen checks in and says, flush it, move on to the next one. Austin Murray says, well, Rondé, Boucher, Davis, and Thomas all played good. <laughs> hey, we're looking for silver linings. Not mad at that. Uh, Jimmy Pope says, that game was an anomaly, won't happen again. I'm sure that basically takes the, the feeling of the majority of the Raptors fan base, right? Uh, Not Famous says, brush it off, LMAO. Boston ain't winning that second spot anyways, which is a key point to bring up. Yes, the Raptors could have clinched the second seed, but basically from here on out, if it's the flip, the Raps would pretty much have to lose every game. Boston would pretty much have to win every game. I don't really see that as being a thing. So I feel fairly confident in saying, <laughs> fairly confident in saying, that the second seed is is still okay despite losing to the Celtics. But, hey, and if you're talking about the difference between two and three, really you're talking about that first-round matchup. That's what the thing is that's super important anyways, right? So, again, Raptors lose, but, hey, I think that I'm not going to overreact. I didn't overreact to the wins, so I'm not going to overreact to the losses. You're just going to look at the game, see what you can take away from that game, and what you can take away is that the Raptors shot horribly. 
You got nothing on offense. Nobody had a good game offensively for the Raps. I'm not really counting the bench guys in garbage time. Not really going to count that. But, I mean, although, haven't really seen much from the bench. So maybe that's another silver lining you can take from this game. But, to me, the biggest thing was to see the matchups. I'm super interested in seeing how these teams, who who the, the assignments are going to be defensively. One thing I will say. There are a lot of people that are trying to to anoint Pascal Siakam and, you know, just say, hey, this is the moment. This is what it's got to be. He's going to be the guy to replace Kawhi, this, that, and the third. And, you know, I've kind of hesitated on those talks, tried to get people to kind of pump the brakes on those talks because that's that's difficult to do. That's a serious leap that you would be expecting Pascal to take this season from being the number two guy to being the number one guy and having the defenses geared to stop you and you still have to get 25 a night in the playoffs. Because that's what we're talking about when you're talking about superstars in the playoffs, right? So this game, I said I was interested in seeing the matchup and in this matchup, I can't say Pascal did anything well. It was it was not a good night for Pascal Siakam. He didn't look good, and even as the Raptors started to get down, my guy seemed that he was forcing a lot, and it just made things worse for the Raps. But you flush it, you move on, and you look for better things against the Memphis Grizzlies. More comments. Ragul, kind of uh, sticking to that point, he says, Siakam needs a better arsenal on the offensive end. His game is so predictable. Uh... This is what I'll say about Pascal's game. The emergence of Pascal, the glow up of Pascal was Raptors getting out in transition. Remember the first year when we started to see it, especially at the start of the year, he was getting a lot of easy baskets leaking out and Kyle was finding them. We saw a lot of that. We don't really see as much of that anymore, right? Sometimes now I think he has to work too hard for his baskets or there are times where he just hasn't shot the ball in a while. So he comes down the floor and he's shooting it. And I think, you know, the Raptors at their best, and I've repeated this over and over again, and it's going to stick. And I know that it's tough because playoff basketball isn't normally played like this. But if the Raptors are going to be successful, they need to get out and run. That's how it's going to be. If things get bogged down and they find themselves in the half court, it's just not going to work. They don't have the player who you can just give the ball to and they're going to one-on-one go and get you a bucket to bail you out. They got to get out in transition. They got to get turnovers. That's how they're going to have to do this. And I don't even want to mention Kawhi because that's not, that's not the purpose of what I'm saying here. But if you're thinking about, let's say the Celtics and you're in a tough situation, you're down six, you need to make a run or however you want to put it, right? And you say the Toronto Raptors have Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry in the backcourt. One of those guys is in a pretty tough matchup against someone who's bigger than them. It's just a tough matchup. The Celtics are a super good defensive team. So this was kind of a glimpse of what you're going to see. And now it's going to be on Nick Nurse to adjust and come up with the game plan for how to get his guys better suited to get buckets. That's about it. Uh, Matt on Twitter, or sorry, on YouTube, says, I really think Toronto didn't try to show their hand in this game if they meet in the playoffs. There's no way this is the same team that destroyed them in Boston. 
yeah, it's been a weird season between these two teams because there were injuries between both of them. Uh, remember the Raps had that crazy Christmas Day game where they just got blown out, but then followed that up a couple days later, blowing out Boston in Boston. Or right, and it's it's been a weird season between the two, but it kind of just seems like it's going to be destined for a playoff series. Somehow we didn't get it last year, but I think we're going to get it this season, and it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, Ragul says, Nurse needs to use OG and Anobi more in the offense. I would kind of hold off on that. I know OG is starting to show some promise, but you got to slow that down. You got to slow that down. Um, Renee says, Jalen Brown is what we need OG to be. Oof. <laughs> There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Jalen Brown is a solid defender, but I don't think he's a better defender than OG. But Jalen Brown's offensive game is clearly ahead of OG and Anobi's offensive game. So it's kind of a give and take at this point. And the Celtics, one thing that really, really helped the Celtics in the development of Jalen Brown and Tatum was two years ago when they made that run to the conference finals when Kyrie got hurt and Gordon Hayward was hurt. Right? Oh no, Gordon Hayward wasn't even there yet, pardon me. But it was two years ago when, remember they make the run to the finals with Kyrie and Kyrie's not, Kyrie's out, but they make it to the finals, they lose to LeBron in game seven. But Jalen Brown and, and Tatum, they got to go through it. They got to experience getting buckets and getting busy. And I think that's super important in their development now. And OG missing last year's playoff run is a big thing, experience-wise. So even as we continue to see him develop, I always stress this, consistency. So we're seeing him develop, but he can't have games where, you know, the expectations are so sky-high, and then the next night, in a big game against the Celtics, three points, one of four. That doesn't do it. It just doesn't. So hopefully, you know, things flip around and change, if the matchups are different, but so far, in terms of the Boston angle of this, not a good look for the Raps. Uh, Spencer says, go Raptors, baby, Big Feta on deck. Is that Giannis? Is that a nickname for Giannis, Big Feta? That's kind of funny. Uh, Mr. PP, PTP21 says, Siakam is looking a little rough lately. He needs to relax. They came out not ready to play tonight co-sign that for sure uh that chair one on twitter nick nurse got all of brad stevens offensive playbook secrets now we're we're waiting for the game we're playing the waiting game sorry my bad uh inches says sheldon serious question pascal at his best what kind of a number one option is he i don't i don't think that that's the answer i really don't think that that's the answer i don't think pascal is there yet and as mentioned, uh, Webby and I were just talking about this. The Raptors are going to go as far as Kyle Lowry takes them. That doesn't mean that Kyle Lowry is going to be the leading scorer. It just means that when times get tough, Kyle Lowry is going to be the one that has to create plays if the Raptors are going to go far. I still don't think Pascal, you can give him the ball, clear out, get out of his way, and consistently rely on him to get buckets when you need a bucket. Because everybody thinks that, you know, that tough bucket 
or you know when you say give a guy a ball the ball and you need to score everyone thinks of it as being end of game situations right but that's not necessarily what we're talking about here think back to last season and think back to how many times the raptors are on the brink of getting blown out and a 15 point lead gets cut to 10 or it gets cut to eight those are the possessions those are the things that happen that stop you from getting blown out because you have a player that looks up at the scoreboard and he says oh my team just needs to get points right now i'm gonna make plays on both ends of the floor to stop the other team's run so that's what i'm talking about i just don't know if pascal is there yet there's a follow-up here though oh sorry he says uh my question is more about pascal's development when he reaches his peak i don't know that's too tough to that's too tough for me to say now because every year every summer he goes into the lab and comes back with something new remember a couple years ago came back with a three-point shot last year came back with a little more handle the spicy spin no one could stop the spin move so it's interesting but i don't know i don't know if he's ready yet not ready to be the man I still think the the hope's got to go through Kyle Lowry at this point. But that's just me. That's just me. I'm willing to, to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think. Instagram chat. I see you guys. Glow Girl Smile checks in and says, regular season is practice games for the playoffs. <laughs> see, I like... That's Kawhi residue wearing off, right? But I don't know if we can afford to say that without Kawhi being on our team. Just saying. Diaz says DeRozan's birthday was yesterday. He somehow found a way to make us lose again. <laughs> Yo. I got to agree with K2's Garnett on this one, who in the Instagram feed says, chill with the DeRozan disrespect. <laughs> I kind of agree. I mean, yeah, let DeRozan slide. He already had to watch us win a championship. So let the man live. Let the man live. Um, more comments here. K2's Garnett. And shouts to the whole Instagram posse, by the way. Um, as you can see, we've been working with different angles here on Instagram. We're just trying different things, you know, trying different things, seeing what works, and we'll stick with something at some point, right? But let us know. Give us your feedback, as always. So K2's Garnett says, Kyle Loki uh, looked off Siakam a couple times. Siakam needs to be more aggressive and stop settling for jump shots. I do agree with the settling for jump shots. He can shoot threes now, and sometimes he tends to fall in love with that. But still, you got to give the, the guy credit for putting in the work, and I think that he will, you know, he'll get there. I just don't know if this is the year. Uh, Dios Mom says, Raps were a few steps behind all night. Not worried, dot, 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 yet. <laughs> I agree with that. Because I'll tell you guys right now, the Memphis game, I don't know what's going to happen there. And with the, the the Bucks game the next day, I could see that as being a trap game for the Raptors where you're looking ahead for the Bucks, And I wouldn't blame them for that. So I don't know what's going to happen in the Memphis game. But I'll say this. If the Raptors struggle in the Bucks game, I might be a little worried. Might be a little worried. Just saying. Uh, more comments. Juha says, who is our best player in the half court? Kyle and Serge pairing is reliable. 
I do love that Kyle and Surge pick and roll. I do think that it is a reliable uh, tactic, the reliable way for the Raps to get buckets. But I just think you put the ball in your best player's hands who can create, whether it's for himself or for someone else. And I think that's Kyle Lowry. And that's assessing the situation, whether it's I'm going to get to the line, whether it's I'm going to drive and kick, or whether it's I'm going to try and get a bucket myself. So as of now, I would give it to Kyle. But it's it's going to be tough. And especially if you're talking about matching up with the Celtics and Kyle could find himself in a situation where he's being guarded by someone as long as Jason Tatum. So it's going to be tough. But I'll say this much, people. I trust Nick Nurse to get back in the lab and figure it out and take notes like the mad scientist that Nick Nurse is. But either way, Raptors lose this one. They lose a tough one. one twenty-two to 100. One of the few times I recall seeing the Raptors get blown out. And it happens to the Celtics. I guess they were playing so well in the bubble. It was bound to happen. But you just hope it's not building bad habits as you are just trying to get to the playoffs healthy. With all your players feeling like they're in rhythm. So you take this loss. I take this loss as much as I took the win against the Lakers. You 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 take it for what it is. You don't get too high. You don't get too low. You just look for good and positive signs that you can take away until the next game. So yes, Raptors lose 122 to 100. Jalen Brown leading the way for the Celtics with 20 points. Again, four of eight from three-point land. He also had six rebounds. In terms of the Toronto Raptors, I mean, uh, ugly game. Fred Van Fleet leading the way for them. He had just 13 points in this game, but shot four of 14, one of six from three. Pascal Siakam, one of five from three. Raptors as a team shot 26% from three-point land, just 10 of 32. And, I mean, if you think about it, Boucher came off the bench, and it was way worse. It was way worse than that, because if you look at it, Boucher came off the bench and went two for two. Terrence Davis came off the bench and went two for three. Matt Thomas came off the bench and went two for four. But when you're talking your starters, and I'm looking here and trying to do quick math in my head, but you're looking at Siakam going one for five, OG going one for two, Gasol going 0 for three, Lowry going 0 for 3, Fred Van Fleet going 1 for 6, right? That's 1 for 12, 2 for 14, 2 for 19, 3 for 19 from your starters from 3-point land. That is not good at all. Just when that happens, you're going to lose games. That's just how it is. Because the Raptors, I've been saying this, they're going to go far because of the sum of their parts. It's not going to be one guy... It's not going to be Kawhi going out and winning one game for you when nothing's going and he's going to win game seven for you against the Sixers or he's going to win game four for you in Philly against the Sixers or he's going to win that double OT game three against the Bucks. You don't have that luxury anymore. So it's got to be the collective and as a collective, they shot like crap. So you just hope. It's one bad game and they move on. But I want to take this time to thank you guys for tuning in wherever you are tuning in. Big shouts to the people on Instagram live feed. Big shouts to the people on the Facebook live feed. Same to the people on Twitter. Really appreciate all you guys tuning in and rocking out. Even in a blowout, hopefully we can provide some form of woosah.
because everything's going to be all right. Still got a good team, and they are still the defending NBA champions. So everything's all right. No worries, Raptors fans. Tune back in. We'll be here on Sunday for the Raptors against the Memphis Grizzlies. Again, you can find us in all these places live right after the game. And in case you miss us, you can find us online on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and YouTube. Please like and subscribe. And the thing with the the YouTube page now, really hit that subscribe button. That way you know in case you missed it live, you'll get notifications when we are live and then when it is posted and you can watch the video. So... We're here for you guys. We got you covered here on the Wrap It Up podcast. Again, part of the On Blast network and also on the On Blast network. Don't forget to check out our Ball On Blast podcast. I do that with my my boy, Andrew Webster, and we just go through all the news and notes, all the fun jokes, and you know, even we touch on some serious topics of what's going on in the NBA, but it's more of an NBA league-wide discussion. We start off with some Raptors talk, and then we hit you with a little bit of everything else going on in the league. So check that out. It's on the same feed that you find this one, all under the On Blast podcast. It's called Ball On Blast. Check that out. Went live. We'll mostly go live Friday mornings, but we got you covered. So between Ball On Blast and Wrap It Up, if you're a basketball fan, We got you covered here on Blast. Like and subscribe. Tell your friends because I know hockey, hockey, hockey is going crazy in Canada right now. And there's not enough voices that are given platforms to be talking about the basketball that should be talking about basketball for a team that is the defending NBA champs and that are here trying to do that another year again in a row. So we're here. We're trying to build it. And let's continue to rock out and share this platform with our friends. So thanks again for tuning in. My name is Sheldon Alexander. And as I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On Blast.